I, I don't know that exists right now. I agree, but I think once you get to 80 or 100, it does. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, and you that, can, but then that's doing exactly what got McCarthy sent packing up the road, right? Like, that's, that's like, where it hits here. I actually think Johnson is going to have the leeway to do the CR. Like, it's just, it's the biggest, excuse my language, it's the biggest clusterfuck to say we're just going to yank another speaker out of office 45 days later. Like, that's, inst- that's like, that's beyond the pale, even for the the eight who did it last time. And I think the other key here is I don't think there's any personal animosity of the Gates McCarthy variety that can be sort of the trigger point for this. And I so I just think the general exhaustion is going to allow whatever you need to do to get to CR. It'll be sort of the old school Boehner stuff where they kick and scream and vote against it, but ultimately don't pull the trigger. I have no idea what happens in the omnibus, right? Like it's a different story, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think the, the the biggest problem that johnson faces right now is like i don't i don't know how much leeway he does have i mean i don't think that there's there's a threat for another motion to vacate but i mean like does he like let's let's presume (laughs) let's presume that like they have a majority in the 119th congress like is he getting reelected after all of this like i I don't know because he's having to do all the sort of normal things that you have to do in order to pass these things and there's been zero indication that any of the politics have changed which is why ousting McCarthy in the first place was just sort of ridiculous yeah. because where are we? We're back to exactly where we were in September. But- yeah, but th- th- that's the big picture here is that they got a new speaker, but they didn't find a way to settle the division that was causing sort of everything beforehand. It, it's, 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 it's wallpapering and exhaustion means something and wanting to move on means something, but it doesn't mean you've collected sort of the procedural majority of the appropriations bills. I just don't think they have. And so it's going to be sort of a, scratch and crawl slog the whole way here i just what i don't believe is that the leadership keeps getting blindsided like i know it's new and johnson's new and they got all these issues which is getting startup costs but like like if pull two what do they do this week they didn't do anything this week right voted <laughs> right. a bunch of amendments on an appropriations bill i mean yeah right like i mean they're doing sort of like the the sort of messaging side of it right um and I mean, again, when, when we changed speakers, we didn't change the fundamental policy problems. All we right. did was change personalities. And so we got a nice guy who hasn't been around long enough to tick people off, but he still has the same decision points that McCarthy had to have. And, and that, and Matt, you're exactly right. That fundamental has not changed. Um, and, and, and I don't see that changing in any way, shape, or form. And if Democrats aren't willing to help support somebody, and for good reason they don't. Um, the the Republicans may continue to churn through these people. Um, what the, the under the under like discussed story that's going on in this thing is the other chamber. Like, what the heck is going on in the Senate? I mean, they it's like everybody's been expecting the Senate like blindside them with like some sort of negotiation, and it appears to me, at least I can like least I can tell, is like there seems to be no negotiations going on between Schumer and McConnell on an overall deal. Right, either on an omnibus or on a CR or any of those types of things. And so like this idea that like somehow the Senate's going to like get off its butt and start like passing things like Ukraine aid, Taiwan aid, um, Israel aid. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, immigration stuff is now getting rolled into that bundle of you know, Christmas package, whatever you want to call it. Um, CR is not being discussed. Like, um, it's just, there's just nothing going on. That's that, that institution is just stuck in place. And I can't tell if it's a lack of action because of a filibuster or there's just no real incentive among Republicans to negotiate. I think I my, go ahead, Mark. I think, I think you have two different things going on. One, first of all, they did get a three bill package through it. So they did pass three appropriations. Mark, Mark, come on, come on. 
No, we're, no, no. We're not doing this like... Hey, guys, don't eat the milk. Everything's fine. No. No, no. Nothing's going on in the Senate. Continue. Go ahead. Okay. But then the second part about this is, is I think McConnell absolutely wants to get something done on the supplemental. He absolutely wants to get some Ukraine aid done. The problem is he's being torpedoed by his right wing who are trying to support the House right wing. And I think that's what you're seeing in the Senate. It, it's a very odd. Now, understand that many of these, not all because you still have people like J.D. Vance, but many of these were the right wing in the House not that long ago. Yeah. I, I, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. So we've got a right wing in the Senate and they can hold things up. But these are major pieces of legislation that always get a filibuster proof majority eventually. Like how many people do you think are actually holding this up in the Senate, right? In other words, like what's McConnell's calculus not to move forward on this? Because he's moved forward before on negotiations like this with, you know, a minority of his conference or, a, you know, bare majority of his conference, one or the other on various bills. Like, why isn't he moving? Because I can't imagine that this group that's holding up stuff in the Senate is larger than, I don't know, 15, maybe? Is it bigger? I mean, you, you guys tell me. It could be 30. I, I mean, you're you're hearing people like um, uh, Cornyn um, being less supportive. You're hearing people like Thune uh, be kind of supportive, kind of not. It's really hard to know because you've got that that soft middle who isn't saying anything one way or the other. Um, yeah, fifteen. It could be thirty. I mean, I also think that McConnell generally, well, McConnell all the time wants to keep harmony in his caucus, right? But he, I, I also think McConnell ultimately would like to get his policy preference through here while not sort of like absolutely blowing up the House GOP, right? He may not like them or whatever, but they are still part of the bigger part of picture for the Republican Party and like trying to give them some space by slow rolling things in the Senate because they could have jammed the House weeks ago on any of this stuff. Um, now, Schumer did tee up the CR today. Um, and so they're getting ready to jam them next week on that. And if I mean, I think that, that that's sort of where the rubber hits the road. If the House can't pass a partisan CR, they're just toast because McConnell and Schumer will jam them on a CR. I don't know what will be thrown in there with it, but they will do it. Um, this isn't the kind of thing where, you know, if the House can't do something or if Johnson is unwilling to use the Democratic votes to do something. I don't think McConnell is going to sit there while his right wing watches the government shut down. They just will jam them with something. But I agree. It's it's bizarre to me that the that the the aid packages have sort of just sort of drifted now um, and are just sort of languishing around. I thought there'd be a lot more pressure to get the Israel aid bill through quicker, and it just hasn't materialized. Yeah, yeah. I think Matt, you're right about McConnell, and I think part of it is also electoral calculus, right? I mean, he sees himself as the majority leader in a year and a half. Um, and he thinks that that's going to be in a much better place to be if he still has a majority of Republicans in the House and then hopefully a Republican president. I mean, he remembers 2017 and 18. He's not that old. Um, and so he, you're right. I think he doesn't want to blow up the GOP in the House because a Democratic House doesn't help him. Yeah. So breaking news is Joe Manchin is not running for re-election. Oh, yeah. So, Ooh. yeah, that's uh and so McConnell now really believes in a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all the progressives are going to find out how much they actually did love Joe Manchin. <laughs> well, I mean, 
that's another thing about this is like, what is the Senate election going to look like? 54, 55 Republicans? Yeah, when was the last time the House and Senate went opposite directions with party switches? Uh, 19. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yep. It was, it was really weird, right? It was one of these well, situations. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. So no. They had, so the they Republicans had maintained the, Republicans the Senate. Maintained they the had Senate. it in Trump's first two they years. added seats. From second two years. And it was 15 because it, or 20 or 20, the 20 election, because it's been fairly recent because it was one of these situations where we, oh, it was 20, right? It was Biden. Biden was able. No, the Democrats won both chambers in 20. 20, they, so it must have been 15 because the, the reason why it was weird I know it's happened recently. Well, 50, I mean, but somebody else can look it up on this. Wait, it, you're right. No, uh, in 15 Republicans had the majority of the House. Anyway, it's been a right. long time. And the Democrats had had the Senate and they flipped them, right? Because the Democrats took over in the 2016 election, the House. But didn't they? Well, no, oh, oh, no, they didn't. No. The House. No. Didn't, and we but didn't the Democrats have, didn't have the Senate in, seven, in 16. No. But it was, it was weird. It was because it was the seat movement was that way because... Um, right. Yeah, seat movement was that way. I'm talking about the chambers actually flipping parties, partisan control. Nationalizing elections, and the Senate was trying to localize them. localize elections. And I think that's what we're about to see again, right? The, except this time it's the Democrats who want to nationalize the election in the House, and the Democrats in the Senate want to localize the election. Um, it was the other way around for the Republicans um, when they were doing this. And I'll, we'll look it up at somebody or somebody can... They can't text us live, can they? <laughs> They can tell us later. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, it, it's just been interesting that none of the aid packages have moved out of the Senate, right? I mean, we've been waiting for the Senate to jam the House at some point with something for the entire year, basically, and they've done nothing, right? I mean, the Senate has turned into a pretty static institution. And, I mean, part of it's got to be like, you know, they're just not getting the sort of consensus that they need on this stuff. The other part of it is like, you got to assume that some of it goes on the majority, right? I mean, they're just not pushing this stuff hard enough. I mean, I, I don't know how, how to gauge that yet. I mean, there's also one issue is that there was a long time this year where they only had one revenue raising vehicle sitting over there. Right. Um, and so they only had one shot at anything. Um, they have a lot more now. I think they, have, I was just bickering with Ringwiss about this on Twitter. I think they have 10 or 11 now. Um, but I mean, that's one point I was making today was that that Senate can't do single bill appropriations if they wanted to right now it's impossible the origination clause presented they have to do packages because they right. don't have bills over there and if the house isn't going to pass them then they can't get any more especially if the house is running a strategy of trying to deny them um revenue raising bills uh but yeah i don't know i i've been so refreshingly happy it's been so refreshing to me for the house to be the center of action uh on capitol hill right now that i have not worried too much about the senate doing anything i've tried to clear the senate of my mind but it is peculiar and then the 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 um they just blew up the committees today with a uh, with a pseudo filibuster too. Did you see that? Yes, it did. Did they yeah. not come being able to meet in the afternoon? No, just uh, filibuster by amendment. Yeah, they uh they, the judiciary committee was going to issue subpoenas for Harlan Crow and the other billionaire who has been linked with some Supreme Court justices. And they got a ton of amendments in exchange for that. And they, said, they basically said, like, we just can't work through all of these. So they're so like getting rid of the filibuster. <laughs> they're kind of getting a filibuster in the, in the, in the Senate committees now. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the Senate also like has not been moving on appropriations like most of the year. I mean, they just started working on it when the second year, the second week of September, 
they started like, oh, we're finally going to get down to the appropriations bills. It's like, well, what were y'all doing before? There was, there's nothing going on in the Senate anyway. Um, it just seems like a dramatic lack of action um, over there. And I don't know if it's planned or if it's not, but it seems like a, you know, even less um, functional or even less busy institution than it normally is. Well, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. But again, I, I want to emphasize they've done more this Congress than they've done in the last four. Um, they actually did bills out of committee and they actually did bills off the Senate floor. That hasn't happened in years. So yes, they are seeming to be very slow, but give them some credit for at least trying to work the process the right way. I mean, Collins and, um, and Murray are moving forward with this stuff. Um, and what in the House, we've got 10 bills out of committee, um, seven bills off the floor. So Matt, there's got to be more over there unless they haven't walked them over, um, which it's possible they haven't walked them over. But the House has passed seven appropriations bills. individually. Yes. And two supplementals. Right. But the Senate needs one of them for the CR and the Israel aid bill, unless you're going to stuff the Israel aid in something else in some package, which is possible. Or you're going to get a single approach bill done before you want to do Israel aid. That's not going to happen. Then you need that as a vehicle for for one of them. So I I, I really think they don't have twelve vehicles over there. Literally, not twelve, but they have seven. Yeah, no, 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 no. They have, they have they have seven House pass bills on the Senate calendar, and they have two supplementals, I think, on the calendar as well. Um, but are, are we? Are you know, we they could be doing they could be doing single bill stuff, but the House has to pass appropriations bills um, and they're not doing it. I mean, I, this is all side-like because it's not like they're not doing on the bus or minibus anyway. Um, my point was really just that the origination clause creates a structure that can prevent regular order from even happening if the house doesn't want to work. Um, right. But I mean, I think the bigger deal is if if the house leadership on the Republican side can get a CR, I mean, it, there's like crazy talk going on. I still don't understand the laddered CR. I really don't get I mean, I, I get like the idea of it. I don't get what end it serves to break up a CR into different points of expiration by department, by bill, by whatever. It doesn't make any sense to me. And the reason it doesn't make sense to me is because I can imagine, at least in theory, strategies for why you'd want the stuff you like to expire first or the stuff you don't like to expire first, depending on who you're trying to pressure. But I don't really understand like what the, what the goal of it is, like how, how it helps things go forward. And that's one of the things that's interesting about it, because there was a time when they used the CR or oh, sorry, a laddered CR. I, it's not a ladder. There's no ladder. It's not a ladder. Can we talk about how it's not a ladder? You can't ladder time. anyway. Um, but uh, there was a time where they used this. There was something going on in the early 90s and some aid to I forget which country was going on, but there was a war going on and we were involved in like sending aid there. And so what they did is they uh, plugged the CR in uh, to get some most of the appropriations bills done, but they wanted the supplemental or money that was going into um, an aid package to stay in uh, effect longer. So they extended that one, I think it was state foreign ops until um, maybe March or something like that. So like that got a, a longer duration. It didn't get like the one month CR into December. It got until March because there were concerns about like, aid being disrupted as it was trying to go overseas. Now that's a policy consideration that you would have. And there's a policy reason for that. There's an aim that everybody's looking for and wants to achieve. And so they do it. I can't find any value, political value, right? Because that's essentially what this laddered CR is. It's not a policy statement. It's a political statement. And I don't understand what the political, the politics of a laddered CR actually deliver for anyone, right? Why would a shutdown at, you know, uh, I don't know, health and human services earlier than at, 
you know, Milcon, like be better. I just, I, I can't. I, I, I think it's worse. I think it creates constituencies in the GOP that are going to be against like those things. Like it's going to give yeah. you less votes because people aren't going to want to have those shutdowns. Right. Like I don't get it. But right. this was an Andy Harris idea, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what people have said who is from the kind of the freedom caucus side of the uh, Republicans who also happens to be on the appropriations committee. This is early in Johnson's tenure when he doesn't have staff yet, right? He didn't have a chance to put anybody on. So he's trying to trust other members who he, he believes have good ideas. And so he's willing to advance it. And I'm betting what Harris was thinking was, okay, we're going to have a short CR for defense, Milcon, Homeland. We'll have a, a, a longer CR for these other things. And Matt, you're right. It could have been either direction. But my guess is he was thinking, okay, we can focus and concentrate on a couple things and know that other things are going to be on the sideline for a while and that'll be fine. And we'll get those done. And then once we get those done, because we have to, because they're going to close faster, then we'll start working on other things as we go along. Functionally, it doesn't work. The I mean, only thing I can, yeah, the thing I can think of is that maybe he had like this galaxy brain idea where they could leave the non-defense discretionary stuff under a CR and make it hit the 1% cut without having defense hit the 1% cut. And I I don't know, man. Like, I've heard wilder ideas than that in the last six weeks, but it just strikes me as all sort of like... So what's fascinating is they would have to pass that, they would have to override the current law for that because the current law is if any bill is in a full-year CR, it's a 1% cut across the entire federal government. So even if... Is that right? Yeah. Is it right? Oh, but then... Now, oh, so you have to pass all the bills to get to. You have to get your pass to all the bills to refund the one percent. Correct. No, that's my mistake. Then I thought I thought it only affected bills that were in the CR. I mean, yeah. the other part of the ladder CR that's really ridiculous. Like you basically have to start packing, figuring out like which minibuses you're going to have to pass because you can't pass these things individually, right? right. So like you got to ladder like defense and labor HHS together, and you have to ladder like I mean you're basically doing the same thing, and that breaks the whole like we're going to pass all of these individually type of promise. Um, not that anybody seems to care about procedural promises anyway. Um, All right. So let's, let's let's talk about something that our listeners really care about. What do you believe the odds are that we're going to have a CR on November the 18th? And for how long? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lot of silence. I mean, uh, if you told me a week ago, I would have felt pretty good. Now, uh, I'm seeing the just kind of normal struggles that are happening in the house, like, 60 40 maybe there is a cr in place and for how long do you think january yeah i think that's right the time really right matt what do you think i feel like the senate doesn't want to give up on christmas as the omnibus hook i don't know i i what i can't tell is if there's people well itching for a shutdown and like uh is is like i can't tell if um Johnson is going to like prove himself by wanting to go with them with a shutdown. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I, like, I don't have a good sense of that because I, I, I think that like Johnson could easily just work with Dems and probably survive November without being removed as speaker. And is like that, like a debt clearing exercise for him that gets you anywhere. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it just brings everything back around two months later. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like the shutdown. I don't feel like the shutdown's coming. Like I don't feel like anyone wants it. Um, but that could be wrong. I don't think anybody wants it. I also don't know that they have the votes to avoid it either. Right. 
I think that's another part. That's of the up to Johnson because he can always get the Dem votes for a clean CR, right? Like that's it's like like they don't do that. If the Johnson has to have a partisan CR, then I think it's a shutdown. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the way he's acting right now, right? Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see any other movement that would suggest he's going a, an alternative route as of now. So my guess is, is what he's going to do is put together a partisan CR tomorrow that we're going to vote on on Monday, send it to the Senate. The Senate's going to clean it up and send it back, jamming the House. And then he's going to have to allow that to go to the floor or his moderates are just going to pound him upside the head um, more so than the conservatives will. And I think I, I agree with Matt. I believe with McCarthy got one by, right? He got the debt limit deal. Uh, it was the second time that he burned people that they decided to take him out. Right. I, but I, I don't think that's really true. Right. Like, I, I mean, yes, I think functionally that's how it looks. But as soon as he did the debt limit deal, they withdrew their support for his procedural coalition, right? They they kicked and screamed on the gas stoves bill. Then they sunk the ag bill, right? Like, that was the end of the line. Like It's true they didn't vacate the chair until after the CR deal, right? So he was allowed to survive. But the, the speakership was essentially over, especially now in retrospect. But yeah. I agree with you. Like, he won't get ripped out. Like, that would <laughs> be the omnibus. Well, actually, yeah, right it'd be the omnibus. We're going to have another one. <laughs> Well, Next no, January, think, here we go. Multi-ballot yeah, speaker. I think it's the supplementals where he's going to get ripped. Um, if, if they actually try to push a supplement, if he tries to push a supplemental through with Ukraine aid, I think that's where it's going to be. That's where the rubber's going to meet the road for him. And that could be before the end of the calendar year. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like, I mean, I don't think like the Senate's not walking. Away. Like, it would shock me if the Ukraine aid just falls apart and never comes back to the House to have to be dealt with. That would shock me. I mean, you have to assume this is going to get jammed with the CR. I, I don't see another way in which, you know, I, I don't Next know. week? I don't think so. I, think I don't think. Clean CR. But this is where the Senate can play the game of, we're going to do a CR, but we're going to do it to December 20th, and then we're going to need to deal with the supplemental before then. We're not going to take you to January the 15th. Or if you're going to go to January the 15th, you've got to, uh, Speaker Johnson, you've got to let us know that you will absolutely consider a Ukraine supplemental aid. Um. I think those are I think that might be the Senate negotiating position. I mean, it's tough because the House is going to want to do the Israel aid at some point. Um, and if the Senate doesn't want to attack, you know, if the Senate wants to attach that. Oh, what a mess. Oh, now I'm thinking it's, it's like I, I still think they get through. I, I'm still going to set down a marker that they get through next weekend and there's a CR in place. I think it's only going to December, though. I don't think they're going to run past Christmas. I don't think the Senate's going to let them. I don't know, man. I don't see how you do it where it's not past Christmas. I think I don't know. maybe I think they want the Christmas hook, but like, I think the Senate's going to have to give on the date, um, and they're going to be willing to give on the date to get the bill finalized, and maybe to get the supplemental included, or to get an assurance that they'll have a vote on the supplemental. The I big supplemental, like the, the everything supplemental with the Taiwan aid and the border security. I think that the Senate's going to require that Johnson agrees to allow a vote on everything in the bill um and in exchange they will let them take it till january the 15th instead of till december yeah it's as, it's plausible as anything that sounds right it sounds good yeah, does it how i many, mean i don't know i mean how many I mean, democratic it, votes it sounds like a good theory it sounds like a good theory i'm not yeah. saying it sounds like a good process on yeah. capitol hill right so let me ask you this does 
did the elections from Tuesday impact any of the calculus for any of this? I don't think so. I mean, Democrats did well on a, on a lot of places. They didn't do like phenomenal though, right? So they won they won the, the majorities back in Virginia state legislature. Um, but they didn't win them by a large margin, no. right? And there were there were a lot of seats out there that Republicans are still holding that went for Biden like five percent, seven percent, like should be gettable seats. But Democrats only flipped a, a couple um, to get the majority in the House. Um, same and and they I think they added one seat in the Senate. But I mean, so I mean, they're you know they did well. They they did what they wanted to do, but they're real far off from where they were in twenty twenty. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, look, I won Virginia by ten points. I I agree with all that, except there's one caveat to that. Those Biden numbers in twenty twenty are inflated because of Trump, right? Those aren't sort of like longstanding Democratic numbers. But I I agree with you that they didn't that the numbers from Virginia are just sort of like okay, they're fine, but they're not sort of like outstanding. I I, I think that received wisdom of the election all around is is almost entirely centered on abortion and so i don't i think that's pretty orthogonal to the appropriations bills right now unless you're in the labor health and human services bill (laughs) (laughs) indeed indeed right like i mean but even there right like i'm not sure like the I mean, I, I'm not sure how much the Hyde Amendment's implicated by any of this or any of that stuff. Yeah, like it's I, not gonna be anonymous I, anyway. Yeah, I, I don't think it's uh but I mean again, like I think that's roughly orthogonal um to the appropriations bills. And so I don't think it much matters. And I don't think, you know, Republicans are like, Well, we can't shut the government down now, right? Look what happened in the election. I don't I don't think that's true at all. Like I don't think anyone's gonna be cowed into voting for a CR simply because of what happened on Tuesday. Yeah. I agree with that. But the, I mean the big takeaway that we have from this podcast essentially well, we went through a whole lot of stuff and we are at square one. We, I mean, there were back at the exact same place that we were a month ago. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the caveat to that is that like you have the last month also under your belt. Like if we had, if like another motion or resolution to vacate the chair was brought up, like it wouldn't play out the same way it did last time. It wouldn't take four weeks because like the exhaustion level starts higher. Right. And the ridiculousness level starts higher. And like, Man, I kind of want, man, now I kind of want to resolution vacate, not because I want to go through that again, because I just want to find out who's at the top of Johnson's list with the clerk. <laughs> you know what? That's that's what the House needs, another privilege revolu- resolution these days. Like, throw it up there, then force a vote on impeachment, censure, all sorts of stuff. Out of that's control, just, right? That's the, so that's the other got... thing. I mean, we don't have to go into this real deep, but, like, one of the things that's striking to me is, like, there's a lot more policing of language in these <laughs> censure resolutions than has... I, I can't remember a time where Congress is literally censoring debate in this way, right? That, oh, you said this, you get a censure. It's like Congress has a long history of saying a lot of very uncouth things, right? It's just, it seemed to be that, you know, there were still debate was allowed, right? It wasn't a censurable thing. I mean, there's obviously exceptions to that, but it's been interesting to watch um, play out. It's also fun to see all the, all the, all the, uh, various sort of uh, extremists in the house figure out the questions of privilege process he's like oh i want to get myself one of those too right right now, i mean i now that we've got i don't know how many we're up to for the congress but this week we added four something right. like that four privilege resolutions coming down right by a question of privilege we had, we had the impeachment today and then we have three censures or just two and to leave end up with three different ones i don't know something like that uh i don't know what the over under is for the congress but it's gonna be high yeah, it's gonna be high. Like you don't have to. And the other part of this is like 
all this stuff was policed behind closed doors, right? It was sort of like, hey, don't do that. We don't want to take a vote on that thing. Like, please stop yeah. injured. Like, don't do that. And it was all this sort of informal pressure that leaders put on individual members because these rights have been around for individual members from the get-go, right? It's not like it's ever been like stopped or they could prevent it. It's just that there was a lot more informal leverage. And today, party leaders just don't have that kind of juice anymore, at least on the Republican side, right? Um, and they're unable to stop this stuff from coming to the floor. So Mark Taylor Green's having like a field day with this. And, and, and you're uh, seeing a little bit of that on the Senate side too, right? Where you've got these motions to proceed by the minority party moving forward or getting close to moving forward, whereas the minority leaders in the past have really blocked that procedurally. Um, and it has forced Schumer to have to to do some things to try to tamp that down as well. Just just because we've got a couple minutes left. Um, what What's going to happen to coaches' uh, filibusters? Senator Tuberville is going to – I think the, a, a standing order change or something along those lines is probably most likely at this point. Um, he's still refusing to back down, and he's actually like starting to really anger like Republicans about yeah. this. I think they're tired of carrying his baggage um, yeah. in his water um, on this particular issue, and I think it's just a matter of time before they say, screw it, like let's let's do a standing order. A little softening, what, yesterday or – Tuesday, he like started to talk about how, you know, there had to be a resolution or something like that, but he's not changing his sort of stance right now. So I, I the problem is I'm not sure what you give him as sort of the, um, I, I'm not, I'm not sure how you give him sort of the soft landing on this. Like yeah, I, they're an off ramp. Right. What, what, what is sort of like the face, what is the face saver here? I think if they could come up with one, like it might work, but I don't, I don't know what it is. They I bother. think, I think everybody was presuming it was going to be Space Force to Alabama, um, but <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's happening anymore. Um, like I think the Biden administration that's going to stay in Colorado, and uh, yeah, I, I don't. There's no simple way. He's backed himself into a really bad corner, and so, on an issue that Democrats are in no way, shape, or form going to cave on, um, especially after Tuesday's election. So, I mean, the the one off ramp that the Republicans have tried to give him is. Stop holding up uniform guys, hold up the civilians, maybe have or some sort of line of command on what you're upset about, about the abortion uh, uh, reimbursements. Um, but, but let the generals, let the, com com the commanders of the different commands be passed through. That, that is the off-ramp that seemed the most reasonable. And I was somewhat surprised they didn't take it. Because you're right, now he really is in a corner with no way out. Because ultimately, that's, I think, the off-ramp he's got to take. And I think that's one that his caucus will back him on. Um, but otherwise, Josh, I think you're right. I mean, we're going to have to have a change. Uh, and it's, it's weird, right? Because you have to have a legislative change to allow for a change in the executive calendar. Yeah. Well... Wouldn't be the first time that the Senate's had to change its rules to prevent an abusive <laughs> an abusive power by an individual senator. But in any event, uh, we've been going for I don't know how long, but we, it's definitely too long. So we're going to go ahead and wrap. Um, this has been Congress Two Beards In. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Mm -hmm.